This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you. You. See, I said it this time, Dan. You. you. Oh, look at that. You. You're playing along. It's nice to have you here. And it's nice to have you, you. here, listener. Yeah, you. exactly. There you go. Okay, now you're just going to say you every time. Or not. Okay, great. Your Yoo-hoo. support you. on patreon.com slash says who is you. what makes this episode you. possible. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, boy. You. Thanks, you. You. Hey, The Vanishing Stare, a book, is out now. It's out now. And if you love me, you're going to buy 30 copies. I'm just kidding. You don't have to buy anything. Our you love is not con- one copy. It's not conditional, Dan. There's no conditions on love with us. Mine There's is. no conditions. People might not have Mine money. Is. My love <laughs> is conditional on buying one copy of Maureen's book. It's or, a tough. If you don't have money, convincing yeah. someone to buy it. Or, you know, like check it out of your library. That's awesome. Using your library is the best gift you can give me. It's true. It's true. Ah, we said the same time, Dan. We're turning into the same person. (laughs) Buy Maureen's book. Or, you know, check it out from the library, whatever you need to do. But if you can, like, just stack it high. It's out. It's out now. This week. Well, it's not out now when we're recording on Monday. Well, come on, Maureen. Enter the theater of the mind of this being Wednesday. Oh, I'm in a theater. I'm in a box. Oh, you can't see. I'm doing mime alone in a closet. I didn't say theater of the mime. I said theater of the mind with a D. You. And we're and coming up in a square. Maureen, we're halfway there. We're living on a prayer. I don't really remember. I thought I remembered I that song more than I did. I think we've conveyed our enthusiasm about being halfway through the Trump presidency. We're on a prayer, and we'll make it, I swear. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I am Dan Sinker. And I'm Maureen Johnson. Maureen. What? Your book is out. I know. That's exciting. We were recording. I'm excited for oh, you. Thank you. We we this is Monday that we're recording. So whatever yeah. happens on Tuesday, don't spoil it for us. Don't tell us. Just don't tell us. Yeah, we we don't want to know. We don't want to know. We want it to be a surprise. It's probably gonna be nothing. Yeah, it's chill. Nothing. It's gonna be Tuesday's gonna be an easy day. And uh I am going to be traveling this week. Which is a fun prospect. Let's go through some air. The weather's nice. The weather is. The airport staffing is fine. You should be great. There, right? The weather is 
they're dangerously cold, and there are food pantries opening up in airports to feed essential personnel who are working without pay. Yeah, well, I mean, when you put it like that, yep, it doesn't sound great. I mean... I mean, yes, should we, uh, so we are a month into, we are a month into the sh- shutdown. We are, but I don't want to talk about the shutdown, Maureen. I want to talk about the fact that you have a book out. You have a book out. You were just, we're recording, as you said, on Monday. Earlier today, you were like doing book press. I was. This is exciting. This I, is a good time. I had makeup done this morning. Somebody came to my house and put makeup on me. Wow. Yeah. She came to my house with a cool light, like a special makeup light that on a big stand. Wait, didn't you go somewhere, though, to then? Yeah, I, on... but I had the makeup done in my house. You can have people that oh. do that. Yeah. They come to your house and they do it. Wow. I have to have that done, Dan, because my face is, there's nothing wrong with it in person. Not really. Like, it's fine, but it's super round. I don't have many angles in my face. It gets flattened on camera. So I look like uh it's like it's like someone screwed a light bulb into a suit of clothes. Like it's just a round thing. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good luck. Oh my goodness. I like that image though. Mm-hmm. Like, so- let's go to Maureen Johnson and then it's like whoom the light bulb lights up. So I did I did AM to DM it, but at, I, Dan, this is yeah. where news meets news. I went into BuzzFeed today. Yeah, you did. I walked into the belly of the beast and I said, show me your finest news. <laughs> and they did. They've had a chill weekend. We'll get there. Dan, we have, we will get we have there. to talk about the shutdown. I know, but I just want to talk about your book. Dan. I'm very excited. You're You're trying to avoid it. This is the... This is the second time you've done a book now during the run of Says Who. And since Says Who will continue as long as the Trump presidency continues, look forward to five to ten more books. Oh, come on now. Whoa, We're halfway there. Living on a book tour. <sighs> we did this weekend pass the halfway point. In fact, at the apex of the... Super Blood Moon, we officially passed the halfway point. That's fun for us. Isn't it? So every day is shorter. It's like, or not every day. Every day is the same length. Right. But <laughs> every, day. every day forward is less time than the time we've spent now. It's like we're downhill. We're rolling downhill on this presidency. Into a, that does definitely feel like a good metaphor. Yeah. Like a giant snowball that's getting larger and larger. and Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Dan, we're a month into the shutdown. We are. We are. It's, uh... <sighs> it's getting grim. Yeah. Final food stamp payments just went out yesterday. And federal courts run out of money on Friday. Yep. Which is... For, so anybody affected by those things... I mean, yeah, I have I have multiple friends that have been working without pay for coming up on a month now. Yes, it's no good in the winter. It's I mean, 
heating bills to pay, electricity bills to pay, just, you know. It's... Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, we've talked about this a few episodes now, and I don't understand, I, do, I still do not see the end game here. I don't understand what how this ends. You know, you've got two sides heavily dug in, one side of which is helmed by an idiot. Yeah, it did seem in the beginning that maybe there were steps that could happen. There were more that we we've seen to it seems to have gotten much worse and not better. Yeah, I mean, it, it's we've we've talked about this before, right? Like this is Trump quits when things get hard. Yep. And I guess maybe that's one end game, but for him to quit this has he has to sort of admit defeat. And it feels like as the weeks, you know, like Nancy Pelosi canceled the state of the union address. Like like You got to give her credit, man. She fucking brought a gun to a knife fight, you know. But um That was a good letter. But it was a good letter, but it's just like as as this progresses, as his perceived slights, you know, I mean, his driving motivation is revenge. Right. Yeah. And so it's like the more things that he perceive as slights and attacks on him build up, the more revenge he has to extract. And he does <sighs> not like being confronted by women. No, that's not a no. thing he likes. And no. he can't accept that it's her either. Yet, you know, he's saying things like she's being controlled by the radical left. I have encountered in my life many men, kind of older figures, who think that if if a woman is doing something, something else is actually causing her to act. Right. That's a very I've I've seen this in my life before. You know, it's it's a thing, and. Yeah, it, you know, it's obviously not her. She's just an empty shell. All women are. And, you know, so, but she just, um, she just canceled it. She's, oh, you're not going to be doing this. So Dan, he, when the uh, State of the Union was canceled, when, when yep. what date would it have been? Uh, the 29th, I believe. Okay. So he countered. By saying, I'm going to go on TV tomorrow with a big announcement. Yeah. And he'd already and, gone and, on TV. Right. He'd already gone on TV as we stayed up late to watch and talk about a couple of weeks ago. And so this one, it was like most people are like, I guess he's going to, you know, pull the trigger on declaring a state of emergency. But he did not. What? Actually, because I've. Because when these as these things elongate and distort, I forget what even happens now if he declares a national emergency. I don't know. <laughs> Do people suddenly get paid or what what happens? No, I mean, so the national emergency is purely to get him his money be able to okay. basically take funds to build the fucking wall. It doesn't reopen the government at all. Like there, I spend a lot of time wondering if he even remembers that the government is closed. And then I think the other half is, does he even care? But um, 
No, he just wants to get the wall built. And so national emergency just does that. The national emergency just says, I can take funds from places because this is an emergency. And as a result, I'll be able to, I'll be able to build the wall. Now, why you could be able to declare an emergency, the like the remedy for which will take decades to build. (laughs) I don't understand. Like none of it really makes any sense. And there is a lot of folks who are like, this will be, this will immediately be challenged and end up in court and, you know, all sorts of other things. But it sounds like a national, it's like an emergency. We must immediately go to Mars. Yeah, well, I think we probably have a little more even of a head start on getting to Mars if we needed to. But yeah, I mean, it's that level of like, this is a this is a sudden thing, right? Like suddenly we have decided this is a crisis. Now, of course, it's a crisis of their own making, you know, and and an invention. Um, but the remedy for this crisis is like. <laughs> a massive engineering feat that involves claiming land that we don't yet own. And I mean, it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous, but he did not. He, he went on TV. I will admit I did not watch it. Uh, Fool me once, but not twice. Uh, I didn't watch it, but he went on TV and he basically said, I did watch it by accident. I watched it by accident. Fill me in. Well, fill me in that particular day. I was trying to take a midday break. And have a half hour nap. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> Oops. Well, I was trying to, Dan, because I've been trying to b- build up a little energy before traveling, and there's been a lot going on. And if I get really tired during the day, which I sometimes do, I realize if I rest for a half an hour, I don't just drag for six more hours. Yeah. That I can actually pick back up and be better at stuff. But of course, every time I choose the no, laying down would be giving in, would be weakness. It's much no. better to drag myself around. So um, I tried to lay down, but I couldn't go to sleep. So I was kind of tossing and turning. And then finally, I kind of looked over and saw it was four o'clock and just rolled and sumped to the floor and crawled over and switched it on. And he was mid like, so anyway. And then he was giving his word salad. Now, I have to say that whatever medication they gave him this time, they'd obviously had him practice. So I want to say that he gets a better grade for reading. Okay. He did he he did his reading very well. And whoever wrote it, I mean, I can't imagine it was Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller wrote the original they're all going to come over and behead us. Right. There was a lot of that that had been mixed back in, but they were, they obviously someone had come in and said, just say humanitarian crisis 5,000 times. And right. that it was, it was all the same stuff. And you want to see what his proposal was? Big proposal. Uh, his big proposal is what? Three years uh, of restoring temporary, like restoring protections for three years only for dreamers and also for the uh, temporary protective status immigrants as well. Both of these are programs that he ended by executive order. And in return for that, he gets $5.7 billion to build 100 miles of permanent wall. 100 miles? Yeah. Wait, $5.7 billion builds 100 miles? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's not cheap. There's other stuff in that mix too. There's um there is additional customs or border security agents. There's more judges. There's additional technology, but the actual wall part is 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 a hundred miles. Let me ask you, Dan. Mm-hmm. This wall is yeah. it is it supposed to span the length of the country? Eventually, is this what is the yes. Yeah, it's supposed to be something like 2,700 miles of wall. Because I was going to say that, I don't know if you know about this, but the United States is longer than 100 miles. Well, I mean. It is. That's, it seems like a, just a detail, Maureen. Well, I'm just, it is longer than that, though. Uh, I mean, by a certain point of view. I will say that my, I sometimes talk about unnamed close relative who voted for Trump. Unnamed close relative came down the other day and asked the other relative, do you think that we should build a wall? And other relative said, fuck no. And fuck off for asking. Uh, not in the, wow. Not, not in that. I'm, I'm summarizing, Dan. I'm summarizing. And uh, relative said, well, why? You know, why is the wall? And so clearly this, and this relative is smarter than that. Should know better than, that. should know that the wall is, genuinely the dumbest thing anyone has proposed short yes. of attacking the moon mm, attacking the moon seems slightly more sensible because i mean fuck the moon it just when i realized that they were now asking oh should we do you think we should do this do you think we should build the wall wasn't happy dan to hear it no no no, but uh but yeah, the whole idea is okay, let's agree that we can temporarily restart programs that I stopped temporarily. Temporarily. And uh you know, and and then you'll give me the other thing I want. So essentially, like this isn't a neg- like this is a hostage negotiation. Yeah. Like, here are people that I put in jeopardy. Like, here are people that I am dangling over a lava pit. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, I won't drop them for three years (laughs) if you let me build my wall around the castle. How does this end? I have no idea. I really don't know. How does the government get back open? I don't know. Every- I mean, you are not seeing... Dan, why won't you tell me? I wish I knew. Oh, Dan. I really do. Like, I genuinely wish I have read or seen or interacted with anyone that feels like they have a potential way that this works. Well, they, but the, the two ways that people always keep bringing up are... So they're, they're all terrible outside event outbreak food poisoning plane crash i mean i don't know that that would do it though like i think that all of those things there is some level of funding around if there was like a if there was a emergency Mm -hmm. um like there is funding but i don't know that those things i think those things would just become another bargaining chip i mean remember 
early in this, Trump was tweeting out that he wasn't going to send any more, you know, fire uh, money to California as sort of a way of getting at Nancy Pelosi. So I don't I mean, this is not a person who's suddenly going to be like, oh, my, what a terrible situation. Well, what if what if every every TSA, you know, the TSA basically walks out of all the airports and then there's no air travel. That seems to me like if there are suddenly massive governmental strikes, TSA being the one that I think is probably the closest and the most possible. But I mean, also, who knows? I mean, think about like the air traffic controllers struck when Reagan was president and he just fired them all and put, you know, scabs in place. And that was that. So... I don't I mean, I I wish that I could be cheery and happy and have a solution, but I don't know it. But how could who's going to scab for no money? Well, there's that. Okay, that's a good. This is a lot of people in a lot of airports. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's we are debating an insane thing. Yeah. But it's all sort of insane right now. And the person at the center of it is a fucking child who is totally unpredictable. Well, that's the, the person at the center of it is really Mitch McConnell. <laughs> he could stop this. Well, yes, he could. He could stop this at but any you, point. But, I mean, he would, he, it is him and like 20 Republican senators. Like, that's the thing that I've never understood. Like, certainly, if Mitch McConnell allowed for something to come up for a vote, uh, you know, it is this the the House passed the exact same funding bill that the Senate passed back in December. Um, if that were to be voted on, ostensibly it would be passed, but then Trump vetoes it, and suddenly you are in a situation where you need twenty senators and like sixty some odd uh Republican senators, twenty Republican senators, and like sixty some odd Republican House members to decide that they will publicly come out against Trump on this. I don't see it. How long do you think this is going to go on, really? I have no clue. I mean, I really don't know. I mean, I, I yeah, I don't know. It's not great. Hmm. So that's this week. But it, 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 uh, is anything else happening? So this week had a very interesting little emotional roller coaster in your friends at BuzzFeed. That's right. Folks that you were visiting earlier today, uh, they dropped, not the aim to DM people, but but the investigative side of BuzzFeed News, uh, dropped a story late in the day on Thursday saying that uh, according to federal investigative sources on their end. Uh, there is evidence and pretty, by, by, by depiction in the article, pretty sizable evidence that uh, Donald Trump asked Michael Cohen to lie to Congress about his involvement in the Trump Tower Moscow. Oops. Yeah. I mean, it's a hell of an article. It is, it is, so Michael Cohen is not named as a source within it. So it's all, it's all referencing uh, 
additional evidence that has been amassed that basically backs up, you know, some other assertions. And it specifically cites documents and emails and multiple witnesses. And that really felt like we're we're getting into it now, says Huvians. This is the thing that happened this week. And it was so big. It didn't even register to me how it was one of those things that kind of eclipses where you're like, well, that's. I just started kind of shaking my head like, well, that's that's well, that's I mean, it's it's the type of news like a lot of the Russian stuff where the first reaction is just like, well, of course he did. Did I not know that? Yeah. yeah. Or like, yeah. like, did I not already know that? that seems, slash, well, sure. Yeah. yeah, that's that checks out. Yeah. You know, um, but there were kind of two major parts of it that that were well, really one major part of it that was demonstrably different than what we've known about before in that every other revelation around Trump and Russia has involved the campaign or the Trump organization prior to the campaign even. Mm -hmm. And this is the president, the sitting president of the United States, ordering someone to lie to Congress. Which is bad. And it's bad. And Ma Maureen, you're a student of history. Mm -hmm. <laughs> have we seen this before? We have. Uh, yes. Specifically, so in Watergate, the, we do hit this hit this moment um, and where it is clear that a, an impeachable offense has, has taken place. And what happened on Thursday night it seemed to be everybody. It was an audible record scratch. You know, yeah, it was the record scratch. That is a very good description. Where everybody whipped around and went, "Well, that's the ball game if it's true," and then the words "if true" began to echo through the valleys and the hills and the fields. Um. So suddenly, people were talking about hearings, impeachment. Uh, this is exactly what brought Richard Nixon down. But then, yeah, in a second Watergate turn <sighs> on Friday night, that big closed door in the castle where Robert Mueller lives creaked open <laughs> just about about six inches, and a voice whispered out BuzzFeed's description of specific statements to the special counsel's office. And the characterization of documents and testimony obtained by its office regarding Michael Cohen's congressional testimony are not accurate. And that was it. <laughs> that was a very dramatic door. And everyone went, the fuck? the fuck just happened? Yeah. Why did they come out and talk to us? Right. Yeah. And what does that mean? What does that mean? Like like it is a very it is a statement that is sort of lawyered within an inch of its life. It, they are not coming out and saying this story isn't true. This is like the riddle a griffin tells you in a myth that you have to solve in order to continue down the path. Yeah. So it is BuzzFeed's description of specific statements of specific statements to the special counsel's office. So specific statements to the special counsel's office and characterizations yeah. of documents and testimony obtained by this office regarding Michael Cohen's congressional testimony are not accurate. So it suggests that specific statements 
and characterizations of documents and testimony at this office only, question mark, are not, it doesn't say it's not true. It doesn't say it's all of it. It doesn't say it's not what we heard. It doesn't say any of those things. It just says something's off. And what happened in Watergate was there was a point where the Washington Post went out with something about uh, certain, I think it was money to Haldeman that was being handled by one person. And they had a source who was telling them what was happening and they published it. And then there was this big furore because someone said, it's, you know, he's like, well, that's not true. That's not what happened. And then uh, Woodward and Bernstein ran around in circles going, what did we get wrong? What did we get wrong? What did we get wrong? And they went back to the guy and he said, look, what I told you happened is what happened. The part that's wrong in this is that in the story you said, I said this, that the grand jury asked me and I told them. But the thing is, no one ever asked me. That's the part that's wrong. Not that these things didn't happen, but you said that I revealed it in front of a grand jury. And that's what's incorrect. So it wasn't that the event happened, but like it's so. But in this mix, in this little blip of a moment where um, Ron Zimmerman, who was this uh, Nixon's press secretary, got up and just scorched the earth and said the Washington Post was, you know, the, that was the fake news and the worst people in the world. And, oh, how dare they? And and all they'd gotten wrong was who this guy had said it to. And specifically, right. he had never been questioned on the matter. So he was ready to talk, but no one asked him the question. Right. So that sort of feels like this, which means that somewhere out there at all times, I do mean 24 hours a day, Carl Bernstein, Bob Woodward, and John Dean are in suits and mic'd up, and they drive around in circles in front of MSNBC and CNN, and they just wait. to. And they, I assume they all run for the door at once to see who can get through the door fastest <laughs> to be a talking head. Yeah. Yeah. It was... It... it, it I, I line up with you on this. Like, I feel like that statement is not at all saying none of this is true. It is saying maybe you got a little ahead of your skis in how you described some of this stuff, right? Um, That is obviously in dispute. The Washington Post, ironically, has been going very, very hard in on reporting this out with their own sources who are, you know, equal, equal to BuzzFeeds in terms of placement and things like that, who... Their sources claim that the intention here was to basically say the whole thing isn't true. Now, who knows? Like, we don't know right now. We really, really don't it know. But it does like seem slow to... your roll. Like, yeah, I was going to definitely feels like a slow your roll. Like I was about to throw like, as if Robert Mueller was planning a wonderful surprise party at Disney World for all of us. And someone's like. Maybe you should go to Florida. He's like, shut Ixnay on the Florida Ray. Like, just. Yeah. Be chill. Be, it, be more chill. Yeah, it does. It, 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 it is certainly curious. It has absolutely quieted the drumbeat of impeachment and investigation that was pretty loud by Friday morning. Well, BuzzFeed um, is standing firm. 
they are standing firm. And I will say, um, you know, the editor in chief of Buzz, BuzzFeed News, Ben Smith, who I I know and have had, you know, multiple meals with over the years. Um, he's for real. Like, they're all for real. The, those reporters are for real. And they are they are standing firm and standing by their sources. And I will also remind you that this is the same news organization and the same EIC who stood by their sources around the Steele dossier. And can you just give me IEC? EIC, Editor-in-Chief. Okay, I thought thought that's what it meant. But the way you just kind of drop an acronym like they're hot. Sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry, Dan. Go Um, listen to Professor Dan over here, who you are actually, Professor. So, you know, whatever. Professor Dan. But, I mean, I... I tend to believe these folks. They have earned a level of trust that um, they went balls that not out. everyone is extending. They, to them. they were they went super balls. They were like, "We have a thing; it's valid. We will be proven right with the dossier." Yeah. So, what do you do? Yeah. You, do you suspect that there's uh, teeth in this, Dan? In the in the facts in in the in the, in the original story or in the in the dispute in the facts. Oh, you think there's a there there? Just ask yourself for one second if you think Donald Trump asked Michael Cohen to lie to Congress. Oh, I absolutely think that. But I mean, yeah, did he? Exactly. Like that's that's the thing. Like it's yeah, that checks out. Like this is a man who wrote his son's release about the Trump Tower meeting. I right, like he. He will. He will happily. Like I he has more, such a track record of this. Do they have receipts? That I would. I would gut that there is some level of receipt. Because yes, these, these are not smart people. They, look, as the as they say in all the president's men, just remember these aren't real bright guys. Things just got out of hand. There is such a fog around this now. It is really quite. Confusing. And the good news is that Rudy Giuliani took to these Sunday shows to clear it all up. Goddamn beacon of light. Now, let's also remember that Rudy Giuliani, this is not his first, this is not his first series of statements from this week. Earlier this week, he went on the uh, Chris Cuomo show and was asked about Trump colluding with Russia. And he said, I never said there was no collusion between the campaign or people in the campaign. I said the president of the United States. There is not a single bit of evidence the president of the United States committed the only crime you can commit here, conspiring with the Russians to hack the DNC. Dan. Yeah. I know we all know this now. I know we... Mm -hmm. Dan. Dan. Oh. Maureen, yes. Uh, how? Uh, uh. <laughs> uh. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. You know. This is the guy that used to run the city I live in, Dan. Think about that. I mean, nobody said he ran it well. No, he didn't. He didn't actually... But soft. He speaketh moreth. 
Yes, he sure did. In, in addition to basically saying, look, okay, collusion. Um, a bunch of these yeah, he came on from uh, the, the campaign. Uh, yeah, they're doing a deal, but uh, uh, I never said this guy did it. <sighs> but yeah, so he went on the Sunday shows to to really jump on the the fog around the around the BuzzFeed story. And uh, he he went on both CNN and NBC. And he said that Trump never directed Cohen to lie to lawmakers. But then he was pressed on CNN about it. And he did acknowledge, you know, that Trump and Cohen might have discussed his testimony. And uh, but then saying, you know, I don't actually know. I don't know that it happened, but if they did, it's perfectly normal. And then he added, I don't know if it happened or if it didn't happen. But so what if he talked about him with him about it? Cool. Yeah. So they so So they definitely talked about it. Yeah. And I bet probably what I mean, let's just imagine how that conversation went. Who do you want to be? I'll be Michael Cohen. All right, go ahead. Ah, uh, hey boss, listen, I'm going to be uh what? I'm going to I I got to I got to testify what? to Congress about the Trump Tower stuff. Well, the important thing is that you well, tell the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Just tell the truth and you won't get in trouble. Absolutely, boss. That's what I normally do. I mean, I want you to be honest with the people. Mm-hmm. And um now I got now you got to get out of here. I got to go hug my my sons and tell them I love them. Oh, you're the best father. Is that how it went down, Dan? I don't think that this is how it went down. No, either, I don't Maureen. think it is. I think he was. He no. said, "You lie your fucking balls off." Yeah, like whatever you do, you don't tell them nothing. <laughs> but now, so let's remember, because Rudy Giuliani has not stopped moving his mouth yet. That what the lying in question, whether directed or not, was around saying that the Trump organization had stopped their dealings with Russia about building a Trump Tower there in January of 2016. That's what he told Congress. And uh, the most recent BuzzFeed story written by the same guys before this last one. Uh, said that there was absolutely conversations happening with Russia into July. So after Trump had been declared the Republican candidate uh, after the primary election. So um, so th- and that's why um, that's that's why he was pled guilty to lying to Congress, because that that conversation had continued. Giuliani goes on the Sunday shows and says, is asked about, you know, Trump Tower Moscow and when the conversations happened. And he said, quote, the conversations lasted throughout parts of 2016. The president's not exactly sure when they ended. I would say Michael Cohen would have a better recollection of that than the president. But then he's asked more about it. Like, what do you mean when you say throughout 2016? And he says, well, it could be up as far as October or November. Our answers cover until the election. Our answers cover until the election? Yeah. The answers that they provided to uh to Mueller, apparently. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Let me ask you a question, Maureen, because I've been pondering this this weekend. Mm-hmm. The idea that, well, no, really, our conversations ended with the election, right? Mm-hmm. Who in the Trump organization has the moral code enough to say, everyone, gather around, please? We have just won the presidency of the United States, and thusly, we need to stop this hundred million, hundreds of millions of dollar conversation that we've been having with the Russians all along. Well, I think it goes to the theory of the crime, Dan, because we seem to have a much clearer picture now of what actually went down. Although I, I will say that I think that when the Mueller report actually does come, it is going to be a stonker. I mean, <laughs> I think you're going to open that thing and snakes will fly out. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be extraordinary. Um, the, the crime seems to be, here's a couple of morons with a very shady, almost shell organization that sells the rights to put the name of Trump on buildings. They've been getting money for the Russians for years to build golf, golf courses, which are his passion and these hokey buildings that projects that never go anywhere that seem to be money laundering projects. All this stuff is running through Deutsche Bank for some reason. Um, And there is this, okay. So the Russians give him money and there's this potential, okay, we're going to build a Trump Tower. We're going to start doing a deal for a Trump Tower in Moscow. We're going to give Putin a penthouse there. We're going to have, you know, and they send in Michael. You send Michael Cohen. Again, the fact that you're sending Michael Cohen in to be your main guy. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you might as well send me, you know. Like, I don't, so, <laughs> so no one means to get elected. It's a big publicity stunt. and. The the win the the win on this is you get a tower and what the Russians get is the ability to completely throw U.S. elections uh, completely off balance. You know they're getting polling information. They're getting all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um. And he wins. And now what do you do? It's like a murder that's committed by accident. Like, well, the gun wasn't supposed to go off. I thought it was a prop gun. And now I have a dead body. So what do I do with it? And now we have a weekend at Bernie situation where the dead body is being propped and moved around and everyone's trying to figure out how to cover it up. And there's no dead body and everything's fine. And, the theory of the crime where these aren't very bright guys and things just got out of hand. And this was all about doing some crappy deals and maybe a whole bunch of money laundering. Oh, definitely a whole bunch of money laundering. And all of this may be moot because what if the Mueller report comes out and there's 59 other bats that are going to fly out of it. And, you know, it seems like it almost doesn't matter if this one sticks because so many other things. Yeah. I but this one also I don't know. I I firmly believe that and we talked about this last time. 
I think there is a lot. There are two buckets of Russian hijinks. One is the business hijinks, and one is the electoral hijinks. And I still tend to believe that Trump, like I, I, I actually side with Rudy Giuliani here <laughs> on the on the electoral hijinks. I don't think Trump was involved. And as I said last time, I think it's because the Russians knew full well that they were dealing with an idiot who could not keep his mouth shut. Um, Do you think if the Russians said to him in some way, we did this and he's too stupid, he doesn't know he's innocent because he's too stupid to be involved, would he, this is one of those do or die choices, contradict it and said, of course I knew I'm not stupid, or would he just have to nod and say, that's right, it's because I'm stupid? Oh, he would absolutely do the former. (laughs) Without a doubt. Without hesitation, the former. I'm glad you said bucket then, because the story that gripped me this morning was the fact that apparently there has been a bucket in one of the main White House windows for about a week. What? It's a... (laughs) I have not heard this. It's a food service bucket, Dan, a large bucket. So one of the big kind of front-facing, beautiful windows has just a big bucket. (laughs) Is it catching a drip or something? I don't know what it is. There's just a bucket in there. Wow. Maybe that's where he's putting his burger wrappers. It's just a bucket, a bucket in a window. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Closer inspection does seem to suggest it is a food service bucket. It's one of those large ones. Like the one I said they... gallon. Like the ones I said that the milkshake should come in last week. There is, in fact... five-gallon tubs. I did suggest that one of those should be used, and apparently there is one there, and it's in the window. So maybe I, I actually was right, Dan, about how that went down. When you work in food service, you amass a lot of those buckets. There's a lot of buckets. uh, a a friend of mine used to run a hot dog place here in Chicago and they he would get the relish in five gallon tubs mm-hmm. and then a different friend of mine worked in construction and so he would relieve him of his five gallon relish tubs once he was through them but um but yeah you get a lot of if you work in food service you deal in five gallon tubs a lot yep so there's a bucket Dear Eliza, in the window <laughs> of the White House. Uh, it's we're really through, Maureen. I mean, I feel that that's really the sign of our times. What's the symbol of our times? Is the bucket that probably came in during the the night of a million hamburgers. Oh boy, we're halfway. Halfway. We. I mean, we have no functional government. Our food's not being inspected. Um. Many thousands of people have died. If you are worried about food inspections, may I suggest? That's a very deep sigh, Dan. That's fine. Just go. Uh, I would suggest not being that worried. Grow hmm. maybe okay. start a maybe start a garden at home. It's, I mean. It's not exactly gardening weather in most of the country right now. And potatoes. That's you could grow potatoes in a, in your basement probably. Um, 
I think uh, you can do that. I think light you, and stuff for potatoes. Yeah, I think you just. I guess I they think... grow under the no, but they shoot up little green bits. Eh, they grow under the it ground. Needs to be photosynthesis. Fill your somehow. basement with dirt and grow potatoes. This is basically the plot of the Martian, the Martian. right now. Yep. Yep. Or you could contact our sponsor. <sighs> Dan, you could show a little bit more enthusiasm. There's a bucket in the window of the White House, dear Dan, <laughs> dear Dan, dear Dan, a bucket. I did not know about the bucket. It's a pretty good bucket. It's a good bucket. What's going to happen? Dan, we haven't played what's going to happen this week for a while. Because <laughs> I'm going to be traveling and I'm, maybe I won't yeah, get to see really the news are. all the time. So I, I need to know in advance what's going to happen. What's all right, your I want to hear you first. No, okay. you first. Oh, right. Let's They're going to be gone. I'm going to have to live through it. Well, I don't think the government's going to reopen. I hope it does, but I don't think it is. And he's going to try to say it's the Democrats' fault, but his his rating will drop more. Um, He is doing these weird little videos now. He seems to spend his time roaming around the white house maybe he's like a youtuber now <laughs> maybe he's gonna start doing unboxing videos <laughs> but it's only hamburger boxes it, he's only unwrapping unwrapping videos and it's just him opening up now this is a pretty good cheeseburger there's sort of a thumbprint in it where someone pressed this down but otherwise i would say it's pretty good. <laughs> he's oh. again his He's still having his meetings in an empty room. Now there's a bucket at the meetings. I think the bucket is going to be named like the permanent chief of staff. Yeah, there's that's part. So the bucket is now in on the meeting with all of the others, the dolls and the and the picture of Lincoln that's taped to a broom and Amy Carter's shoe. They're all in the meeting. <laughs> Is that you? Are you the president? Are you? Uh, yes, Amy Carter Shoe. Because you look like a, a pumpkin full of farts. <laughs> Maureen, I have to interrupt this visit from Amy Carter Shoe to just say I had a brilliant realization yesterday that we might be able to make as merch for says who Amy Carter Shoe's shoes. You love Amy Carter Shoe, and I don't understand why. Oh, I love it. We went to the mall yesterday and we drove home. And when Amy Carter's shoe came on, I was laughing so hard. And Janice was like, you are laughing exactly like you're laughing on the on the recording. It was like it was stereo. Knock, knock. Oh. Knock, knock, motherfucker. Get Who's there? there? Your mom. Amy Carter's Yeah. Go Wait, fuck that's yourself. It? <laughs> there it is. Uh, Amy Carter's shoe is the best thing to happen to me in 2019. Shut up, screw face! (laughs) (laughs) Says who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who and uh, a, a note 
on this, the most important of weeks, the week that Maureen Johnson's The Vanishing Stare comes out, we have, at this point, released a bonus episode that is me talking with Maureen about writing that book and about writing in general, and that is available to our $5 a month supporting members. So if you are not yet a member, join up to get that to get that insight. Is that a mystery book? Yes. Because I'm reading a mystery right now. What is it, Called Amy Carter Shoe? Na- Nancy Drew and the and the mystery of the talking taint. <laughs> that sounds thrilling. Yeah. Ah, our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. And our love always goes out to Darth. We love you, Darth. You can contact he us. Get, he doesn't get any, you know, Darth gets, she respects yeah. Darth. Sure. You have to respect Darth, even if you're Amy Carter's shoe. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. Hey, Maureen, are you still there? I'm here. You're going out on tour. I am. You should tell people where you will be. All right. On Tuesday night. Well, they, <laughs> they're hearing this on Wednesday. Okay. At Cincinnati. I'm going to be in Cincinnati on Wednesday. I'm doing this. I should look this up. Should I should probably look... hold on. I mean, come on. Hold on a second, motherfucker. <laughs> it's not that funny. It really is. All right. Cincinnati, Ohio on Wednesday night, January 23rd. I'm going to be at Joseph Beth bookstore at 7 PM. So if you're in Cincinnati or in the area and you don't go there, I'll be sad. Uh, on Thursday, the 24th, I'll be in Plainville, Massachusetts at an unlikely story bookstore, 7 p.m. Massachusetts. It's right outside of Boston. Roll up. On Friday, the 25th, I'm going to be in Madison, Connecticut, which I think is on the coast at RJ Julia, 7 p.m. Then on Saturday... I'll be in Eastchester, New York. That's basically Scarsdale at Barnes and Noble, 3 p.m. Show up. And on Sunday, I'll be at Books of Wonder in New York City, 1 p.m. Yeah. And that's this tour, Dan, but there's stuff coming up like Chicago, Los Angeles, uh, something Florida. Then there's, oh, there's my dog. Woof, 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 woof. She loves it. You're blowing through New England like a winter storm. Uh, it could not. The timing and the locations, as much as I want to see you guys, could not be worse. Ah, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited. People's love of literature will keep them warm. I mean, those are nice stores. It's just really cold. Yeah. T- today you know was... where it's a lot warmer? Where? Nashville, Tennessee in May. And June. Yeah, and it's going to be warm. Which is where you can see Maureen and me and maybe Amy Carter's shoe and Wedgie the Wedge Salad and everyone else at Pod X in Nashville, May 31st through June 2nd. You can get your tickets at podx.com slash says who. 
so they know that we brought you there. But probably a lot of your other pod faves will be there too. Yeah, you should just come to that for sure. And and hey, hey, if you enjoy podcasts and this podcast in particular, you should spread the word by subscribing, by leaving ratings and reviews on the podcatcher of your choice, like say Apple Podcasts, where everyone listens to this. That's right. It's we we see where you're coming from, and you're all coming yes. from Apple Podcasts. We see the 80% of you that come through Apple Podcasts, and we want you to leave a review because the great black box of podcast rankings demands it. And we salute the other 20% of you. We sure do. I'm one of them. And you can join us on January 30th for our next episode. Yeah. Tales from Tour. Here we go. Here we go. From my basement in Chicago. I'm Dan Sinker. Oh, wait. Giuliani just spoke again a couple seconds ago. Oh, no. That's what did he say now? Maggie Haberman reports, Giuliani clarifying what he said yesterday about Trump slash time frame on the Moscow Tower project. Quote, <laughs> my recent statements about discussions during the 2016 campaign between Michael Cohen and then candidate Donald Trump about a potential Trump Moscow project were hypothetical. And not based on conversations I had with the president. My comments did not represent the actual timing or circumstances of any such discussions. The point sure. is that the proposal was in the earliest stages and did not advance beyond a free non-binding letter of intent. Thanks, Rudy. Imagine having him as your lawyer. Imagine that your best choice was Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, be a real wild ride. Mr. Giuliani's wild ride. Are we buying our tickets, Dan? Are we starting to look at park passes? I'm always looking at park passes, Maureen. Are we drawing maps, figuring out where we want to go first? Always. I'm always ready. Well, here we go. From my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. From Tor, I'm Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who...